let's play a game. When I say a word, try to think of a podcast that comes to mind. Okay, let's go. Product, marketing, operations, growth, conversational marketing. Chances are at least one Drift podcast came to mind. And maybe if you're an uber Drift fan like myself, you might have thought of a Drift podcast for each of those words. Why? Because Drift has done an amazing job of building out the Hypergrowth Podcast Network to include an amazing show with an amazing host that covers each of these topics. But have you ever thought of the work that goes on behind the scenes to make sure each of these podcasts goes on without a hitch? I'm Lindsay Chepkema, CEO and co-founder of Casted, the only marketing platform built for branded podcasts. Today, we're sitting down with Molly Sloan, Senior Manager of Marketing Communications at Drift. Part of Molly's job, yes, it's only part of her job, is managing the Hypergrowth Podcast Network, a network that currently is made up of four, but soon to be five, active podcasts that she manages on a day-to-day basis. I'm going to let that sink in for just a minute. Five active podcasts. Most of us know how much work goes into creating just one podcast. Imagine being responsible for five And not just any shows, but shows for Drift. That's no small feat. Molly took us inside the Drift network and inside what a normal day in the life is like for her. One thing that was clear to her from the start was that in order to be successful and sane in her role, she needs to create a great process for herself and her hosts. And then trust that process. It takes a lot of teamwork to make such a network of shows work, and Molly utilizes the strengths of her team to keep the podcast process running smoothly. This episode is chock full of amazing tidbits and advice, so let's not waste another minute. I am Molly Sloan. I am the Senior Manager of Marketing Communications at Drift, and instead of managing just one podcast, I manage a whole Um, network of podcasts. So at Drift, we have four and soon to be five active podcasts. And so my role here is to manage all the podcasts on a day-to-day basis and make sure they're going out on time, that the content is fresh, and just working with our hosts to get everything off the ground and into the airwaves. No small feat. Yeah, so uh, I'm so glad you're here. We're going to talk about um, some of the hippest and coolest podcasts that are out there right now at Drift, which are you're you're behind them. So <laughs> I am I am interested in how you're doing it, which is a very big question. So let's let's talk about um, kind of how how it came to be that Drift has so many podcasts. Let's start there. I guess I have to start with, um, you know, every company has their own kind of core set of principles. And for Drift, we have seven or eight that we really live by. But one of the big ones that stands out is to be a curious learning machine. And that is something that is embodied by our CEO, David Cancel. He is a voracious reader. He consumes a lot of different media, including podcasts. And I think uh, really how Drift got involved in podcasts was he, he wanted to get involved in the game pretty early on. So in um, 2016, I think David and Dave Gerhart, our former VP of marketing here, launched the Seeking Wisdom podcast, which is our first ever show here. And it was, you know, sharing different books they were reading, mental models, people that they looked up to, you know, people like 
Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, just lessons from the greats like David Ogilvie and, and just sharing those types of learnings and lessons and applying them to you know, our modern world. And the show really, really took off. It was kind of cool. And as someone who I, I started working at Drift in, oh my goodness, uh, 2019. So in 2017 and 2018, I was really, I was starting to become a big listener of the Seeking Wisdom podcast. And I was just, I was loving the content they were putting out. And, you know, there's, there's nothing like a podcast to really form a connection with someone you've never met. It's such an intimate channel because you're with someone during you know, all the moments of their day, they could be uh, just getting up in the morning and commuting to work, they could be doing dishes after dinner, that type of thing. Um, and so I think David recognized that and, you know, wanted to be a part of it. And as we grew our following with Seeking Wisdom, um, we saw a need for, you know, more shows. And so we decided, you know, why only have one show when there's a lot of different people that we can speak to and we have so many different talented people here at Drift who are really passionate and really smart um, and have a lot to share with you know, their respective audiences. So that's where Build, our podcast that is led by Maggie Crowley, and that's for product managers and people who are really interested in um, that whole, the whole product space. Uh, we have Matt Bellotti, who is our growth star. He does all things growth and has really um, unique guesses in his own right to talk about growth hacking, growth marketing, growth principles, growth and design. He talks about everything under the sun, so his show is named Growth. Um, and then another one of our shows is Operations by Sean Lane, and that's all about the operations world. I feel like we do a very good job naming our shows to make them as self-explanatory as possible. I, you know, and People have asked us, you know, Drift is a, you know, more a sales and marketing kind of company. Why would you have a show strictly dedicated for product managers or towards ops pros? And for us, we're like, our roles have never been more closely tied. And you know, we all rely on each other in this, you know, this new world. And for Drift, we're, we're the new way businesses buy from businesses. So we have to work in new ways. And that means you know, working more closely with product folks and working for marketers and salespeople to work more closely with their product teams and work more closely with operations and really understand the ins and outs. And so for us, it always made sense to us to have, to have those kinds of shows. And then of course, we also have our show conversational marketing, which is, you know, under the, the, you know, the category that we created as a company, we wrote a book on it last year. And so that obviously is a big natural fit for us. But I think the, the need to have a network as opposed to just one show really evolved over time. And we just recognize as a company we're growing, we have a lot to share and, you know, people were, were listening and wanting to keep on listening to, to the things we had to, to share. So that's, we kept doing it. I love it. So what are your thoughts on if someone say, you know, says, you know, well, should we have a network of podcasts? Should we do five shows? Do you feel like it's for everyone? How do you make that decision? How would you impart wisdom on that? That's that's a really interesting question. You know, in Drift, I think the answer is if there's a fit, yes, let's do it and let's figure out how to do it well, but to do it quickly and not try and um, overthink it. But for another company, I, I understand that things don't work the same way that they do inside the Drift wall. So I would say first understand your audience and if there's a need um, for another show. So if you're a sales company and you have a sales podcast, but you want to try and tap into, you know, operations folks, 
maybe float out an idea um, by one of your, your company's influencers to see if there's actually interest in that type of content because you can create a show and you know a whole season full of episodes of different guests and testing out 20 minute episodes versus 45 minute episodes and solo takes versus interviews but if if your audience isn't there then it's it's kind of for nothing so i would i would definitely recommend to do that gut check first and to to do a little research to make sure that you'll be spending your time well because i think people just think that you can spin up a podcast and and it'll take care of itself and you can definitely get a podcast off the ground pretty quickly especially today with all the different um, technology available but again if no one's listening to it then you're kind of doing it for for nothing okay so that's it you've got all these shows you mentioned books how how does this all fit together where where do these shows fit within your overall marketing strategy and what other pieces are there to the puzzle? I think for us, the way that I would say podcasts really fit into our overall strategy is that from from kind of day one when our when our company was really young and I think we're we're still pretty young, but we're we're maturing um with every with every new year. But I think we have really gone all in on podcasts from from the beginning. And I think that's just something that's true to our marketing DNA. We're always going to be testing new things. But for us, podcasts are just a really great way to connect with our audience and connect with a lot of different people. So for us, I think, you know, as a, I also run Drift's blog. So I know not every blog post we put out is going to resonate with someone, but I know that if someone's subscribing to our operations podcast, that they'll be interested in the operations content because they self-selected and they, they said, send this to my, you know, to my Apple theater, to my Spotify every other week. I want to hear what you're saying as opposed to, you know, them seeing uh, someone in their network, like a drift blog post, they're probably, they might not click on it. They might, that would be awesome for me and my blog traffic goals. But I think that podcasts are a way of people really demonstrating that they're, they're interested in, in your content. And so for, for us, it'll always have a role in our strategy because we want to, we want to give the content to the people that want our content. And I think podcasts have been a really successful way to do that and a really personal way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you can feel it, um, and what you're doing. And I think that that goes to going back to why you have a network. Um, you you really are personalizing that content to some of the different audiences that you do indeed have. You're not trying to do a one size fits all. Yeah, actually that, that really, that really does ring true because each of our hosts bring their own flair and their own personality and their own stamp on the show. And I, I truly see the shows as their shows. Like I will be helping out in the background, but you know, they're responsible for booking their own guests and determining the topics for each week and really shaping the future of the show. Like I'll definitely help out from a strategic standpoint and helping, you know, vet different ideas, but they're in the driver's seat. And I think that really gives them the power to bring their authentic self to the show and, and to the microphone when they're recording every other week and to be able to make those types of connections with their guests as opposed to, you know, having me being a middleman trying to coordinate an interview with someone. And then when they meet for the first time, it's when they're recording the podcast. Like that does work sometimes because I think that's how a lot of different companies do it. But for us, we're really about making authentic connections and bringing 
you know, your authentic self to your, to what you do. And I think for our hosts that just carries through into their shows. Couldn't agree more. So you started to talk about where, where you fit and, and what your process looks like and, and who is involved. And I, I kind of have the upper hand because I know what, what you've put into creating processes. Um, tell, me, tell me what managing all these shows looks like for you, for your role. Um, how in the world does that all come together? I definitely got a crash course in podcasts when I came to Drift. So like I mentioned, I I started at Drift in January 2019 and had never touched a corporate podcast. Like I, you know, I had my favorites that I would listen to. I listened to Seeking Wisdom, you know, before working at Drift. And I like obviously had my short list of other podcasts that I really liked, but I had never been on on the other side of it trying to manage the production. Um, so luckily I handed, I inherited a really great program from Gail Axelrod, who is the director of brand marketing here at Drift. And, uh, she kind of took me under her wing for my first month or so. I started out with Seeking Wisdom. So I started out with the biggest one. (laughs) No pressure. Like, yeah, no pressure. Um, but then I, over, like over the next month, I really was able to take on, you know, the rest of the shows at that time. I think we had a total of, of six shows, so again, no small feat. But for someone who had never done podcasting, I think my what really worked for me was just jumping in and doing it. And when I had questions, just trying trying to ask them and not being afraid if I was like asking something that was super obvious or if it was just actually like a real problem that we needed to address. So I think like my first step would be like actually like learning how to do it. And then once that like the training wheels came off, I think I was really able to like sink into a groove um, with the role. And we've actually in the past year have really made a lot of great improvements to an already great program. Like walk me through um, kind of in a a step-by-step kind of the basics of how, how a show comes together. So everything from like booking the guests. And I know you said that the host is kind of responsible for that. And then also like then somebody records and then where does it go for production? And then kind of like, how do you, how do you take it from there? So how, how podcasts work here at Drift? And I'll just use one show as an example. Um, but you know, there's a lot. And so in a perfect world, this is how it, how it would go. Um, so say, and I'm not picking on Maggie, but I'm just saying build is, build is one of my fave shows. So I'm going to use this as an example. So Maggie is the host of build, which is our podcast directed towards product professionals. Very awesome show. Um, and so how it would work is Maggie gets an idea, um, for, you know, an episode, say she wants to interview a product professional at, you know, X, Y, Z company, she'll take care of pitching that person and finding the right connections. And like, obviously if I somehow know that person or have a connection to that company, I would help out or anyone here would, but Maggie takes care of that type of outreach. She then will schedule time with them to have a prep call. And so in that she'll come up with a few questions saying, Hey speaker, or Hey, I'll say, Hey, Lindsay, I have done this research on your background. I think these three topics would be really amazing if we could talk about and really beneficial to the listeners. And they've, they've told me that this is something they want to hear, but I also want you to have a say in, in how this goes. So is there anything top of mind for you or anything you're particularly passionate about? They'll hash that all out. 
in a, you know, a 15 or 20 minute prep call. It also helps them, you know, meet each other. So, you know, they're familiar when they get on the phone to record the actual episode. And so that could happen, you know, the prep call could happen a couple of days before it could happen, you know, a week or so before, just depending on schedule. So that all happens. And then from there, Maggie records the episode. And one thing that is awesome about what we've rolled out now this past year at Drift is more of a self-service model. So instead of Maggie kind of going through me and working through a lot of different technology and basically me being the middleman, we cut me out, which is awesome. Like I designed designed it this way, which is great. Um, But now Maggie can go straight into our mixing platform, upload her audio and, you know, any, any cuts or edits she might have any, you know, special audio requests that, you know, if she wants the trailer to play extra long, you know, any request under the sun, she's able to request it with the podcast that she just recorded herself fresh in her mind. Whereas like the way it used to look was I would be trying to piece together something that happened, you know, a week ago and, you know, put together these puzzle pieces, whereas Maggie can just go in and do it right away while it's still fresh. And then the mixing platform, I think they have maybe like a three day SLA to to get us a, a complete mix back. And then Maggie, again, self-service, can take that completed mix once she listens to it and makes sure that it's, you know, it's good to go. She'll upload it to our lovely new platform, Casted. Um, and that's uh, where we're, we're hosting all of our podcasts now. And so she'll be able to upload it and, you know, update the title, update the description, um, ask people for not a five-star review, a six-star review. That's a very different always, thing. Always, always. Always six-star reviews. And then she can also use the platform to make takeaways, um, to kind of really capture people's attention and like get them into the, into the episode. If, you know, if for some reason the description and the title doesn't do the trick, we're hoping that takeaways might be a good way to tease people if they only have a couple minutes on hand, but the, you know, we caught their attention, they can, can listen to it that way. And the thing I love about it is that Maggie, Maggie's brilliant, but she's, she's not a marketer, but she can still use this platform and use it really well and use it in a way that makes sense to her, but also kind of makes sense to me and helps, helps me hit my, you know, my goals, which is getting the podcast out, but also making sure that it's on brand, that it's, you know, interesting, and that like we, it's content that people actually want to listen to. So tell me, um, you've got, you've undergone a lot of change and consolidation. And like you said, the awareness of, you know, pulling yourself out of places that you were a middleman, what has worked well with that? And what has been, I guess, let's just stick with what has worked well with that and kind of double down on what you would share with people who are listening, who are kind of overwhelmed with all of the behind the scenes work that happens in a role like yours. Well, first of all, if you're overwhelmed, I'm here for you. I've been through it and you definitely can get through it. I, I really resisted the idea of, of the self-service model in the first place when, you know, I was talking about it with my, with my manager, because I think I was afraid to throw away that Lego, you know, to, to give up that kind of that control and not because I didn't think that they could do it. I, I, I knew that they could do it, but I think I was, I was more worried about, um, things that I would miss. Like what if there's a typo on the, like on the episode description, because I'm an eagle eye. Like I love, I love editing. Like that's 
my job here. Um, but I was like, what if I miss that? And it goes out and there's a typo. And I think for me, one of the things I had to let go was if there's a typo, it will go out and you can correct it. Like it's not the end of the world, but also it kind of, that was when I got over that hump, it really made me say, okay, Molly, you just because you were kind of making this new this new engine and this new process, that doesn't mean that you're giving up control. It means you can actually define and have a big say in what that process is and actually indicate, okay, like if someone is going to write you know, their own title and description to have them like quickly slack it to me um, so that I can you know, just do a quick QA and make sure that it's good to go. Um, and so I think that for me has helped me give up a little bit more control and not be so like worried that a, t- a typo might go out in a title, which really is not the biggest thing in the world, but you know, I care about that. Um, and it, for the hosts, I think for me being as responsive, as responsive as I am to those types of messages and really helping them, I like they just know that I'm, I just want to make it good and they just want to make their show you know really good. So we're, we're really in this together. So there's never been any um, friction there. It's just, we're in this together. This is a process. And this is, you know, there's never been any pushback of like, oh, well, why do I have to send my description to you? It's like, oh yeah, I obviously want to send it to you because last time you helped me come up with a killer title. So it kind of sounds like looking for opportunities where you can take yourself out of the equation uh, to streamline things and kind of trust the process, create a great process and trust the process. I think trusting the process is huge. And I think recognizing pains and being self-aware enough to know that you don't doesn't have to be painful. So I think for me, one of the things that would take a lot of my time each week would be I would I would you know get the audio from the host and then I would go transcribe it. And so that would take another day. And then I would spend, you know, sometimes 30 minutes trying to wrap my head around what the heck is this episode about? <laughs> because I am a marketer. I am not uh you know a product genius and I unfortunately don't understand all the different growth principles under the sun. Like that's why they're subject matter experts. And so that, that for me, but every, like every week I would be doing two different episodes. And so it would be this, this pain times two, but every other week because we do bi-weekly shows. So I've never had an off week. Um, so it was just this kind of constant you know, battle that I would put myself through to, to try and figure out on my own what the show was about, as opposed to being receptive or being, you know, trying to think like uh, 10 steps ahead or even two steps ahead to be like, okay, well, the host just recorded this episode. Wouldn't it make more sense for them to take a stab at writing the, you know, the first iteration of the description and then you could go in and edit it? And it seems like the most simple thing, but for me, it totally changed my world. And I like, obviously wish I had done it sooner. Um, but now that I, now that I have, I think I'm happier because I'm not you know, pulling my hair out, trying to understand growth marketing principles or, you know, product design things. Um, I can, you know, look at that and, you know, kind of put my editing spin on it. Um, but it's really up to the subject matter experts. So I think it, it still, again, makes, it makes the shows more authentic because it's written in the way that Maggie, Matt, and Sean kind of think about their shows and what they thought were the highlights as opposed to me skimming through a transcript and trying to pull out the things that I think are worth sharing. Tell me what measuring the impact of your network of shows 
looks like to you? How, what's important to you? What do you watch? What do you want to be able to see? Uh, what does that look like for you and for Drift? I think podcasts are notoriously really hard to measure. So for a while, I think the, the things, I mean, the things that the most important metrics will still be the most important metrics, which are, you know, number of downloads and listens and subscribers. And I think if you're starting a show, I think the, besides, you know, asking people to do, to do reviews and leave you reviews so that you kind of bump up in the Apple store, I think the other really important thing to do is to encourage people to subscribe because someone might have stumbled upon your your episode but and they'll, they'll listen to it and they'll like it and then they'll never listen to you again just because they forgot to subscribe um so i think that's something i'm i'm asking all the hosts to to focus on is yes we want people to leave reviews of course but we also want them to subscribe and get your content every other week so i for me that's that's always going to be an important metric to track and to to keep an eye on and how can we grow how can we grow that because i think if people again, are subscribed and they raise their hand that they, they want your content, then they're potentially more likely to share it or even more likely to, they might be more likely to re- leave a review if they're, if they're subscribed because they will be you know, a repeat listener. And it would be really cool to have a subscriber reach out to us and pitch us an idea, like say it's you know, a VP of product and they heard Maggie's podcast and they were like, damn, she knows her, she knows her stuff. Like I want to talk to her. Um, and then like a connection like that could be made hypothetical, but I think that would be really neat. But for the baseline, like kind of the, the downloads are ultimately like my first and foremost, my, my thing that I track, um, obviously like, like to track the, the noise that an episode will make on social. So when a host shares their, their most recent episode, I always am keeping the peeping comments and seeing, seeing what's being said. I think insights have a, that we have on podcasts have a long way to, long way to go. It's, it's hard because people have, you know, you could listen on Apple and Spotify and Overcast and Stitcher. There's so many different ways to listen. And so those are all pretty fragmented in a way. And it's hard to get one view of that data. So any way that we can get a single view would be, would be huge. I haven't really figured that out yet. Well, we're working on it together, honestly. I mean, you, you, <laughs> the feedback that you give us makes our product better. And I know one of the things that you were a big advocate for early on was, which is directly directly led to something that we created and casted, which I always like to to talk about that our customers, when you when you provide great ideas and great insights, like, well, we build it, right? That's, that's the beauty of, of oh, an early I've company. I've seen it. It's really cool. Yeah. And that was um, like the, the power of owning your audience, which I'm a huge advocate of. And um, how important it is to have a page, like a landing page and a show page that you feel good about with your brand that you can send people to. So yes, the Apples, the Spotify's, the Googles are great for lots of reasons, but at the end of the day, you really want them to come back to your owned real estate so you can own the experience. So that's that's been big for you too. I mean, tell me, tell me if and how and where that fits in uh, in in your mind. To have owning those domains is is really big for us, and also you know having the look and feel uh, on you know on the previous platform we were on, it wasn't you know customizable and it wasn't sleek. And I think everything we put out has to be perfect. You know our brand, we want it to look drifty and we want it to look you know cohesive. And I think for us, we needed to go with a platform that enabled us to do that, um, so that you know people 
would know like what they're kind of they can trust that they're getting the you know the true drift experience when they're when they're listening That said, you have had quite a year of learning and making changes and adjusting and tweaking and fine tuning. What what's one of the what's one or a couple of big takeaways that you would share with our listeners um, based on all that you've done and learned? A big one, I would say, and I feel like I keep talking about it, but it it's really true. And I I had nothing to do with this, so it's not really a takeaway that I influenced. But I think. If you're going to be behind the scenes like like I am, and you know running running a show or even running a couple shows, I would say. And if you have a say in who's going to be hosting, I would highly encourage you to have that person be someone who's who actually wants to do the show and actually wants to roll up their sleeves and do the work, because it'll get really hard really fast if that person is not for lack of a better word, engaged in the process and isn't accountable to to the show. I think one thing that is just so special about each of the hosts at, you know, on the Hypergrowth Podcast Network is that they're all so dialed into their shows and they're so they're always thinking about it um, and ways to make it better. I think that's another one of the things that I've really enjoyed about Casted is that Yes, you're building this platform, but you're not just talking to me. My each of my hosts have a, have a direct line to the casted team and can share product feedback um, and you know, request for different features or different kinds of views and share why that's important to us. And you you're all really receptive to that and have built things in response. But the advice for for people would be to just get someone get people who are who actually like want to be a part of it and want to be a part of it long-term and understand that it will be work, but it will be really rewarding. That's it for today's show. Thank you so much to today's guest and to learn more about them and see Casted in action with clips of today's show and related content, visit casted.us. Thanks so much for listening.